You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, moving over from Score Zag Score and taking over here at Locked On. First, I want to thank you all for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Whether you are a new listener to the show, new to my content, or coming over from my previous show, a reminder to please follow and subscribe to this podcast wherever you already get podcasts, and to look out for an upcoming YouTube channel, which will start in the next few weeks for folks who want to see and hear what I have to offer this Gonzaga community. All right, today's episode is the fourth in our extensive player preview series, taking a brief but thorough look at every player on Gonzaga's roster and detailing their basketball history, a look at the best and worst case scenarios for them in 2021-2022, and finally, a closer look at their expected role and production this upcoming season. These episodes will air multiple times per week right up until Gonzaga's exhibition opener against Eastern Oregon on Halloween. If you missed our previous installments, which covered Ben Gregg, Andrew Nempart, and Anton Watson, check back in your feed and make sure you catch them all. Today's episode will focus on Lithuanian guard Martinas Arlauskas, who enters his third collegiate season with more depth in front of him than ever before. Can he break through into the lineup? So we'll start with a little background on our boy Martinez. He committed to Gonzaga in September of 2018 out of Lithuania. That is right. Martinez Arlauskas is the next in the pipeline of Lithuanian greats at Gonzaga, of course, following DeMontis Sabonis, who was the greatest and the son of the greatest Lithuanian basketball player of all time, Arvidas Sabonis. So Arlauskas, again, he wasn't just he didn't just come here because of that. You know, he's a high rated recruit. He was ranked 135 in his class at 24-7 sports, the top player in his country, 135th overall. Borderline top 100 talent. This was a dude who had a lot of pedigree, who a lot of people were really, really excited about for good reason. As a freshman in 2019-2020, Arlauskas was just outside the rotation. Mark View is so stringent on those eight, nine, maybe seven or eight man rotations, occasionally nine. And Arlauskas didn't quite break into that rotation, but he still played in 25 games. He averaged five minutes per night. So he was playing pretty much every single game. And when he was playing, he was getting not just the last 90 seconds of the game. He was getting a little bit more than the last 90 seconds of the game. He averaged 1.2 points, 0.8 rebounds, shot 44%, 11 for 25 from the field, and 1 for 8 from 3. He was, he kind of earned himself a reputation for always being on the court after games, getting up shots. There was tons of videos posted of him with nobody else in the arena. All the players had gone home. Most of the fans had gone home. And there's Martinez Orlauskas getting buckets on his own. One of those things that you just love to see really fits the Gonzaga mentality. I'm sure the coaching staff absolutely loved it. And it got a lot of people really excited because when he was on the court, he had a ton of energy, a ton of enthusiasm. You could see that the skills were there. He's got a lot of length as a basketball player. You could you could really see why the Zags were interested in him in the first place, why he's still on the roster, why he's got some potential. And after that freshman year, there was a lot of thought of, hey, he's going to really break out next year. He's going to be a big-time contributor. I don't think anybody thought he was going to start necessarily, but hey, this is a guy who's going to play. 
Uh, and then it, it didn't happen. Uh, Andrew Nemhard getting last minute eligibility, I think, significantly hurt Arlauskas' chances of getting any playing time because it forced Gonzaga to play a lot more three guard lineups. And obviously, Corey Kispert played like 35 minutes per night last year. And Arlauskas' best position is probably at the three. So when the guy who's starting at that spot is playing literally almost the entire game, it's pretty hard to pretty hard to get a shot. So Arlauskas, we saw his role really, really drop as a sophomore. He only played 40 total minutes across just 17 games, less games, less minutes per game. And more importantly, he only took four shots. He only took four shots last season. He didn't make any of them. Zero field goals last year. His only two points came on free throws where he was two for four on the season. That's it. That, there's there's not a lot else to say, unfortunately. He had five rebounds, he had an assist, he had a steal, he had two turnovers. But that was it. That was that was all we got for Martinez Orlauskas as a sophomore. There was a ton of talk after the season that he would be one of the players to transfer. We obviously saw Umar Balo make the decision to follow Tommy Lloyd to the University of Arizona. We saw Pavel Zakharov, who was always kind of linked with Arlauskas because they were both international players in the same recruiting class. We saw Zakharov go to Cal, Cal Baptist, excuse me. And there was a lot of people who thought Arlauskas was going to be next, that he was going to transfer. And I can understand why. He's a talented player, former top 150 recruit in his class, spent two years at Gonzaga and played less his second year than he did his first year. You could understand why a player might think to transfer. Now, I try not to make assumptions about what people are going to do because people are making decisions based on a lot more than that. We can see... You know, every one of us can look at collegereference.com, see how many minutes per game Martinez Orlauskas played last year and think that guy should transfer. But there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And I don't want to speak too much on what I think Martinez Orlauskas might be thinking because I have no idea. But I could imagine as an international student feeling safe and secure and like having made friends and knowing people and being familiar with your surroundings in an area might, there might be a comfortability factor there that makes it a little bit more daunting to consider transferring. I have no idea if that's the case. Obviously, any all of you are saying this right now to me, and I can't hear you, but I know you're saying it. Both Umar Balo and Pavel Zakharov are international students, so it the argument sort of falls apart there. But I'm just saying, having worked with student-athletes for five years in multiple schools, we, we don't, as fans, it's easy to think about the non-human aspect of it. And so with Arlauskas, who knows what exactly he's thinking, what his reasoning is, but I'm still very glad that he's going to be part of the Gonzaga Bulldogs team next year. And in the second segment, I want to discuss what the best and worst case scenarios for Martinez Arlauskas look like in year two. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, plain and simple. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors, including some all-time favorites like raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. Of course, Bill Bar is not only great tasting, they are healthy too. Most Bill Bar flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar. All right, welcome back. 
This is the fourth episode in a multi-part series talking about every Gonzaga player on the roster. Check back throughout the month for more player previews leading up to the season opener on Halloween. And if you missed any of our previous episodes, make sure you go back and check them out too. You want to be fully informed on every player on this roster before the season begins. So segment two, Martinez Arlauskas, we're talking best and worst case scenarios. I want to throw this caveat out there in every one of these episodes. The best case is within reason and the worst case is without injury. If a player's best case scenario is not, again, every player's best case scenario is they win the conference player of the year, they win national player of the year, they win finals MVP. That's the best case scenario for every single player in the country. That is not every single player's actual realistic best case scenario. And I don't want to talk about injuries as a worst case scenario, because while that is true, it is the worst case scenario for every player is they get hurt and they can't play. That's not really good analysis. You don't want to hear me say, well, the worst case scenario for Martinez Arlauskas is he gets hurt. Obviously, that is the worst case scenario. So we're going to talk about it as if the best and worst case scenario is within reason and without injury. So the best case scenario for Martinez Arlauskas He is a super high energy guy who looks less raw in the opportunities that he gets. We're going to be realistic here. There's not a realistic best case scenario for Martinez Arlauskas that involves him playing more than 15 minutes per night. Quite frankly, it probably doesn't involve him playing more than 10 minutes per night. And this is in the sense that it's it's not the best case scenario for the Zags. If Martinez Arlauskas is playing 15 minutes per night, it either means that there's a lot of injuries to other players on the team. He got, he improved more than any player has ever improved in the history of basketball over the course of a season. Or Gonzaga's true freshmen, Salas and Hickman, and the incoming sophomores in Julian Strother and Dominic Harris are not as prepared to play at this level as we expected. That's what that would mean. That's not really a best case scenario. What the best case scenario is for Martinez Arlauskas is that when he does get on the court, and it's probably mostly late game situations, he looks energized. He looks really, really difficult to deal with on the offensive side. He's in your face. He's playing good defense. He's diving after loose balls. And more than that, offensively, he's a little bit more aggressive. He took four shots last year. Yes, he only played 40 minutes, but in 40 minutes, he could have taken more than four shots. And again, I know that they're late game situations. You're not looking for your shot when you're up 37 points with two and a half minutes to go. I understand that. And it, it, puts Martinez in a tough situation because he wants to show the team what he can do. And more than that, he just wants to play basketball. You're here because you want to play basketball. You get a chance to go on the court. You want to play basketball. And he's better than the other team's players most of the time because when you're playing Portland or San Diego or whomever and you're up by 40 points, they're playing their backups too. Martinez can wipe the floor with those dudes. He can. I know that he can. And it's probably frustrating to not get the opportunity to do that. However, For his development, for him to be in a best-case scenario, we see glimpses during those times when he's playing of him looking really good. Maybe he knocks down a a spot-up three. Maybe he pump fakes, takes two dribbles, and dunks on somebody, or at least has an acrobatic lay-in and one gets to the free-throw line kind of thing. I want to see him be more aggressive in the opportunities that it makes sense for him to be aggressive, and I want to see him play with a ton of energy and enthusiasm. That's been his MO up to this point. I expect him to do that because he has already done that up to this point, but I just hope he gets an opportunity to be a little bit more aggressive as well. Beyond that, best case scenarios for Martinez Arlauskas, he's really happy and a great team player on the sideline. I know that seems like a cheesy thing to talk about, but we know as Gonzaga fans who've watched this team for so long that those players are vital. 
How often do we still talk about Rem Backamus? Granted, we have other reasons to continue to talk about Rem because he was on the sideline and beat us last year and is now with Tommy Lloyd in Arizona. But we talk about him. We talk about Connor Griffin. We talk about Dustin Triano. We talk about you know, PMOG. We talk about Sorensen. There's so many guys. And I know Arlauskas is not a walk-on. I want to be clear. I know I'm comparing him to some of those walk-ons, but he is a guy who's on the end of the bench who plays in the last few minutes and shows this enthusiasm on the sideline. One of my favorite things last year was seeing him and Drew Timmy had this weird routine before games. Arlauskas would like snap him the ball like a center. They'd both shoot half-court shots. They'd run off together if they made them. It was just this weird, goofy thing that they did. I don't know exactly what they were doing. I'm sure it was some game that they had. But like, I I want to see that. I want to see Martinez Arlauskas continue to be that person because he looks happy and the team needs people like that. You need dudes to pump you up on the bench. You need dudes to make you laugh and smile in situations where maybe you don't feel like laughing and smiling. And you need dudes who are going to come in and provide a ton of energy in the game because sometimes you need dudes with jolts of energy. And also, frankly, Sometimes players need reminders that the dudes who are on the bench next to him are also good freaking basketball players. One of my favorite things that Mark Few has ever done, it's a slight tangent here, is in a game where Gonzaga's guards were really struggling. This would have been 2015 or 2016. In the last four minutes of the first half, he brought in Dustin Triano, who was a walk-on on the team, who was a talented basketball player by every stretch of the imagination. His father was a longtime coach in the NBA. like He was a good player, but he wasn't part of the rotation at any point during that season. He was a a good equivalent of would be Will Graves, I think, on this year's roster or Matthew Ling. And he brought him in and had him play in a game that was relatively close because he was like, look, these dudes, they're not getting it done. (laughs) Like They need to be reminded that there are dudes, they they don't just, they're not guaranteed playing time. And in the best case scenario, Martinez Orlowskis, whether it's in practice, before games, or even in games, is reminding the rest of the team, like, yeah, I know there's a bunch of guards on this team, but I'm also good. I can also play basketball. And like, I am here and I am ready. If you need me to play, if there's a situation where I can come in and contribute, I'm ready to do it. And in a best case scenario, that is clearly what Martinez Orlowskis is. A best case scenario is you probably don't need him to do that all that often, but you know that he can. And he proves time and time again that he's capable of doing that. And lastly, best case scenario, there's glimpses of a guy who could really help as a senior. It was probably a four-year play all along with Martinez Orlowskis. This staff is so good at knowing when their players are going to be ready to contribute. Maybe they thought Arlauskas would be ready sooner and they were wrong. Maybe not. I don't know. But the plan, it seems like, is him ready to go as a senior. That's probably how they convinced him to stick around. Nemhart will be gone. Bolton will be gone. They're obviously going to bring some guards in in the class of 2022. The expectation is that some combination of Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman, Dominic Harris, and Julian Strother are probably all going to be back. I don't know whether any of them end up being guys who go to the league after this year or transfer after this year. It's impossible to know that at this point. But realistically, all four could be back. Still leaves some potential opportunity for Arlauskas to play more. If one of those guys leaves, he could end up cementing himself legitimately in the rotation. And in a best-case scenario for this year, as you see glimpses that may make you think, yeah, that guy could play 15 minutes per game next year or 20 minutes per game next year. What's the worst case scenario for Martinez Orlauskas? It looks like last year. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to dump on anybody, but he, he made zero field goals last year. That's a pretty darn worst case scenario. He had two points and they were free throws. That's it. Worst case scenario, that happens again. Like, that, that's it. Plain and simple. He does not play outside garbage time. He does not get those, like, late first half minutes that sometimes Mark Few gives to guys who just to basically prevent the rest of his team from getting fouls, you know, and just to jolt some energy into the team when they're tired. He doesn't get any of those minutes. He only plays in garbage time. 
maybe you start to see glimpses of unhappiness. I don't think that we as fans will see that, but maybe there's maybe the, the team feels that. So people start to know that he's a little unhappy. The coaching staff starts to know. Again, we may never know this, and I have no reason to believe that Martinez would get like that, but we're talking worst-case scenarios, and that would be one, is he's a guy who is frustrated with it being his third year at this school, and he's still not cracking the rotation. And maybe it seeps into his play. Maybe he doesn't he doesn't take advantage of the opportunities he does get because it's hard to. It's hard to take advantage of a game when, when you only come in when you're up 30. Like, I get it. It's very difficult to do, and we saw that last year. He didn't really know what to do, so he didn't do much of anything. He didn't take any shots. He didn't really do much. Worst case scenario is another full year of that. And then again, the worst case scenario is at the end of the year, we're expecting him to transfer again. And if this happens for a second year, I'd be really surprised if he comes back. I hope that's not the case. I love Martinez Arlauskas. I think it'd be awesome to have him on this team for another year uh, after this season. But if he has another year similar to last year, there's a pretty good chance that he looks to transfer. All right, best and worst case scenarios for Arlauskas have been discussed. We're going to come back in the third segment and talk about some more realistic scenarios for for Arlauskas ahead of the 21-22 campaign. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are backed on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a newly updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts, and it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is the daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know that you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players from not only the Power 5 schools, but your favorite mid-major players as well. And I know that that is appealing to all of those Gonzaga fans out there. New users that deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries as well, so you can take the over on Chet Holmgren combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Welcome back. Third segment expected role and production for Martinez Arlauskas. Yeah. So I've mentioned in some of the other podcasts, particularly the Anton Watson episode, that there's a wide range of outcomes between the best and worst case scenarios with Arlauskas. There's, there's really not. It's, it's a pretty narrow window because he's, he's really not going to be in the rotation. Quite frankly, he's at best the 11th man, probably the 12th man. Mark Few doesn't like playing more than eight. Mark Few, frankly, I think would play seven if he could. I don't think he has the ability to play seven with the roster that he has this year without pissing off just about everybody. But the absolute most that Mark Few will play regularly in a rotation is probably nine. Arlauskas is 11 or 12. 
just looking in the backcourt alone. Andrew Nemhard, Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman, Rasir Bolton, Dominic Harris, Julian Strother, all those guys are ahead of him, one through three. And if we're counting small forwards, Anton Watson counts too. Or Chet Holmgren, one of those guys is going to play a little bit of three. And then all the rest of those guys are there. That's, there's just not enough minutes in a game for, for Martinez Rolauskas to play significant minutes on a daily basis. Having said that, I think he's going to play more than 40 minutes this year. I don't think that Gonzaga will bury him on the bench the way that they did last year. I'm not sure how they're going to avoid doing that with the amount of people that they have. I don't know whether there are situations where people might redshirt, where people might obviously, God forbid, injuries or anything like that, which would obviously change the equation quite a bit. But right now, I have a hard time imagining Mark Few and the staff not wanting to get Mar- Martinez Herlaskis more minutes, but I'm not sure where they're going to go. I mean, I got to be honest with you. He's six seven. He's more of a three than he is a two. He's not really a four, although he could play there a little bit. But even if you look in the front court, I mean, they want to play Caden Perry. I'm thinking they want to play Ben Gregg. So there's still not a lot of minutes for him to go around there. It's going to be tough for Martinez Arlauskas to see more than just a couple of minutes of action at the end of the game this season. There's just not a lot of room for him to play more than that. I would love to see some end of the first half action. I think it's so fun when you see guys get that opportunity because they, they're energized, they're juiced up. They know that they're in the game primarily to to just play with a lot of passion and energy for two to three minute spurts. It's really fun. I, I've loved seeing Mark Few employ that strategy with players in the past, and I'd love to see it with Martinez. I think he fits that kind of style really well. I think there are ways where it's the last two minutes of a half, maybe you know Chet picked up his third foul or or the team's just kind of been in a little bit of funk, and you bring in both Anton Watson and Martinez Arlauskas, and you just say, go, half-court trap, boom. And those two guys who each got huge wingspans and a ton of energy just go wreak havoc. I would love to see that. I'm not sure that I'm counting on it necessarily, but I think it would be a really, really fun thing that Mark Few and the staff could do with Martinez Arlauskas this year. But right now, I don't think Arlauskas' development is a priority, quite frankly. This team is trying to develop so many young players. Obviously, they have the true freshmen in Chet and Hunter and Nolan and Caden Perry. They have the pseudo-freshmen in Ben Gregg. And then they have Dominic Harris and Julian Strother, who did not play a lot of minutes last year. Those guys still need to develop. That's, that's a lot of people that you have to, as a staff, figure out how to continue to get the most out of them. And you can't prioritize everybody. And I think Arlauskas' development has taken a bit of a backseat. It's not that I don't believe this staff is capable of developing multiple players at once. They obviously are. But you, you pick and choose where your priorities are. And I don't think that the Zags have their priority on Martinez Arlauskas right now. That does not mean that it will not change either this season if he starts to show a lot more promise than he has in the past or next offseason when they know they're going to lose some guys and they really want him to be a bigger piece as a senior. That's something I very I think is very possible that the staff says, hey, you know, you're going to be kind of on the bench this year. We're going to find some some opportunities to get you playing time. But really, we, we're IDing you as somebody who's going to play big minutes next year, the year after this. And they work with him and they work on the things he needs to work on in his game. And he gets a little less raw. He gets a little stronger, those kinds of things. And he comes out and plays 20 minutes per game as a senior and is a big time contributor. I could absolutely see that being the case. Having said that, I also think it's very possible that Martinez Arlauskas is about, about to play his final season in Spokane, that he does not play a lot this year and he transfers. And I would not blame him. I would be sad because I like Martinez Arlauskas. I like Dumar Balo. I like Pavel Zakharov. I like most of the players that come through this program. And I'm always sad to see them transfer, but never mad. 
A, I think it's dumb to get mad at players for transferring unless they like say mean things or whatever. But also, like I'm I'm happy for him. I would want him to play somewhere else. I'm happy for Pavel, Pavel Zakharov. I'm excited to see what he does at Cal Baptist. I'm happy for Umar Balo. I'm excited to see what he does at Arizona. If Martinez Orlovskis transfers after this year, I'm going to be reading, <laughs> refreshing constantly to find out where he's going because I'm going to be really curious and I'm going to be excited for him too. But it'd be even better if he develops quietly behind the scenes this year, shows a ton of energy and enthusiasm on the bench, glimpses of some potential when he does get a chance to play, and then he comes out and has a significant role as a senior in 22-23. All right, week one. Of the Gonzaga player previews is over. Four player previews are done and dusted. Depending when you're listening to this, we are less than 24 hours away from craziness in the kennel. And after that, I'm sure you all are going to have some questions. So fire away on Twitter at ScoreZagScore or on Locked on Zags and tune in Monday morning for my first official Mailbag Monday segment as the host of the Locked on Zags podcast. Reminder, this podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and soon to be available on YouTube. Another reminder, podcast links will also be available on Twitter at LockedOnZags and on my own Twitter account, which can be found at ScoreZagScore. Thank you for listening and go Zags. Betting on the Zags doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.